So uh, joining us now is uh, Phil Newton from Chris and Phil Presents dot co dot uk. Hello, Nice to be here. Yes, it's great to speak to you again. Um, for those that are unaware, uh, when I attended the Terracotta Festival back in two thousand eleven. I think it was a, it was in its second year at least, and no, it was two thousand and ten. I think. Oh God, it's so far gone now. Because <laughs> that and, was my first year there as well. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Usually, like Terracotta is known for its party nights, so me and Phil got chatting and exchanged business cards and yeah, just watched films together. It was it was always. Good, for, especially when I went to London myself and sleep in the hostel. <laughs> Making friends outside of the hostel was definitely what I needed. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. We've managed to keep in touch since. And, uh, yeah, it's always good to just catch up and talk about Asian cinema once in a while. Exactly. So, uh, on this year's lineup, it was taking place from June... June 6th to June 15th, and Phil, you're lucky enough to go to the festival once again, so uh, in brief, how was it? It was a really good festival. I mean, they've expanded this year, so Mm -hmm. in addition to the kind of core four days at the Prince Charles, which is the bit that I went to, they Mm -hmm. also had a week-long series of screenings at the ICA in London, which happened... um, the week after, where the focus was on the Indonesian cinema. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a, of a change in, in their setup this year. And they'd also expanded a little in the, the, the horror films. I think they'd had a, two or three that were sort of late night last year. This mm-hmm. year they expanded that to five films right through the night. Aye. <laughs> and um, there was a couple, two or three screenings that were in tribute to Leslie Chung and Anita Mui who passed away 10 years ago. So mm-hmm. they kind of um, bookended the festival as well. Oh, very good. I have to say, I didn't do the horror all-nighter as much as I would have loved to, just <laughs> seeing the films in the daytime. I just, yeah, I just wouldn't have made it had I tried to stay up all night as well. I I wouldn't expect because let's see they had um, ah, they had five for the horror all yeah. nighter and they yeah. had five playing through the the day as well so that I, is yeah I just yeah it wouldn't have worked <laughs> ten films in this, yeah. in one day like you may as well start working at the Prince Charles at that point <laughs> yeah no five I can just about do but yeah ten pushing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I that that was the thing when like when I was there as well like those days where I said right I'm basically I'm I'm here for the day I think I'll just sit <laughs> go through the five films there and at the end of the night it was like I need to just not look at a screen for a while like I'm sure the sun was out at some point today it, like this day has gone it's just fueled with caffeine. Mm. <clears throat> That's one of the good things about the kind of social elements that they do put into the program as well. Yes. On the first day, there was a reception prior to the opening film, Cold War, um, which was in association with the uh, the Hong Kong 
um, Economic and Trade Office. And uh, so that was, you know, a nice curtain raiser to go and just kind of mingle with people there and catch up with people. They had a party on the Saturday night, which was at the East Street restaurant, right. uh, which didn't clash with one of the films this year, so that was great. And that went on until I think it was 1.30 in the morning, so that was nice. And then there's always a chance to have drinks um, after the last film on the last night as well. So yeah, yeah, plenty of time to socialise, which is good. Mm-hmm. You know, and after you've been sat in the cinema all day, it is quite nice to just switch off and just discuss what you've seen with some of the other festival goers. Aye, exactly. It's great to then socialise with the people that's been there with you and that. It's... Yeah. Like, you're not just trying to explain these movies to someone. Yeah. At the Slug and Lettuce, like, this person was there in the same audience. So, they're all on the same beat. Yeah, and uh, now that I've been there, I think this is my fourth year, there are one or two people, you know, like yourself, that I've met in previous mm-hmm. years. So, you know, it's just it's a really nice opportunity to catch up and, yeah, just find Aye. out what we've been up to and, yeah, what other films they recommend. So. Exactly. Like I was doing like the uh like just the the troll of shame looking through the festival pictures on their Facebook <laughs> going, Aye, definitely going back next year <laughs> And it's like, right, there's a picture of Phil, there's a picture of Joey, there's a picture of that French dude. Yeah, yeah, he was there. Yeah. Exactly. It's like you get to know these people. Even like the volunteers <laughs> all start become yeah. familiar faces. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a really friendly you know, inclusive setup. The you know the volunteers are really helpful, um, and yeah, it's kind of the guests that they bring over as well. Just mingle and socialise as well. There's no kind of division between people, so mm-hmm. you know it's a very welcoming festival to go to. Aye, and like one of the mind blowing things was like Ryu Sung Wan <laughs> was in attendance. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen a couple of his films prior to the festival. Mm-hmm. Um, Particularly like Araham. Yes, that played really well. Mm. And he was there with his uh, new film, The Berlin File, which, to be honest, I think was probably my favourite film of the festival. So, um, you know, they did well that they had the director there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, it's that's... a really good mm-hmm. espionage thriller. Great. I'm so glad to hear that because I've got tickets this Sunday to see it in the Edinburgh International Film Festival. Ah, okay. Oh, well, and we'll look forward to hearing your thoughts on it. But, yeah, I mean, I thought it was great. I mean, it had plenty, you know, it had a really strong plot and, uh, you know, the narrative was excellent. But the, um, you know, the action scenes as well were really well staged. It was really sharply directed. Yeah, you know, best of both worlds, really. A good thriller Aye. with good characters. Brilliant. Yeah, I particularly like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, hopefully, following all this uh, coverage it's getting at festivals, hopefully it'll get picked up for a, a UK release. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, you know, people have been comparing it to, you know, kind of like the Bourne films, and it's, you know, it's certainly up there. It's a very, you know, it's certainly a strong, a strong film, and, Aye. you know, it could probably easily be marketed as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's other, you know, there's familiar people in in the film as well that you'll recognise from other Asian films. Yeah. Good, good. And another one of the like things I'm just kicking myself about is like 
some of the like they've got in Drug War, like Johnny Toe's film with mm. like Lewis Q is like just so many films I've really been dying to see all just <laughs> are playing one weekend and right. I, I honestly can't get any further into my overdraft. I just had to say no. Yeah, no, Drug War played directly before Berlin Trial and you know, I'm I'm not a huge Johnny Toe fan. I know many, many people are out there. Um, but he's, you know, I, I've liked some of his films for sure, but uh, he's not one of my favourite Asian directors. However, mm-hmm. Drug War was a particularly strong film of his, I thought. Um, sure. You know, a lot of the familiar elements you would expect from, from one of his films, mm-hmm. but it culminates in this most amazing shootout, which is uh. up there with, like, heat, which is always the benchmark, I think, from which <laughs> for sure it's judged. And yeah, again, another film that deserves to get a UK release at some point for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, outside of the films I've mentioned already, is there yeah. any other particular titles that stood out, like you were surprised with, or? Yeah, I mean, the good thing about going to a festival like this, where you, I, I you know, you get a pass to see everything, is that. Mm-hmm. I don't read up too much in advance. It's just like, well, I'll go in and just see how it goes and see what surprises me. And I, I was, I think, kind of the romantic comedy surprised me this year. They were very strong. Um, there were two in particular that stood out. The first one is uh, from Taiwan called When a Wolf Falls in Love with a Sheep. Right. And it's about two people who basically kind of fall in love communicating through cartoons on exam papers. Um, But it was a very kind of quirky film. Um, It used some animation and some stop motion. And it it just had really, you know, charming, sweet characters. So Mm -hmm. that I really like. And I, again, really hope that gets picked up for a release over here. And um, the other film that I liked... um, again with the kind of comedy was the story of Yunusuke which is the new film by the director of The Woodsman and the Rain right? which uh, Third Window released uh, mm-hmm. last year and, and got really good reviews and I know that they're, they're going to release it later in the year I think perhaps August or September and it's about a guy who uh, it, it, it starts off with him going to college and making friends and it's just kind of about the people he interacts with and the effect that he has on their lives and mm-hmm. it's just very kind of sweet and charming again. Um, it's a very long film, it's two hours 40 minutes so I think yeah. for Asian film novices you may well get put off by that but it's, it doesn't feel that long and it's just consistently funny. It, mm-hmm. You know, it's structured so there's lots of kind of smaller little stories or sketches. And it, yeah, again, just such a charismatic central character, great central performance. Um, it, you know, it, I think everybody came out just with a smile on their face afterwards. Hmm. It's good to hear because a lot of times when I, you just see, like, the story of Yonisuke uh, and is like, you're thinking, ah, it's throw away possibly samurai it's like that is like going into it it's good to like something that's different from your expectations yeah yeah definitely it's, it's re- 
probably best times about it is, is refreshing. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought that was good. I mean, I think it, overall it was a it was a strong program this year. I mean, I, there certainly wasn't anything that I sat through that I that I thought oh, I'm wasting my time watching. Mm-hmm. Um, another film that stood out was um, The Bullet Vanishes. Yes, which, I, I like the sound of that one. And people have been comparing it to kind of Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes film, right. which I think is quite a good, you know, mm-hmm. a point of reference, really. I mean, it's sort of, you know, it's a historical setting, but it's very much a mystery, you know, trying to solve what what's happening in this crime. And again, it, it had a really strong story with lots of twists and turns, um, but had the visuals to match it as well. And I just mm-hmm. thought, you know, it's a really easy film to just sit back and enjoy and watch and, you know, and just be taken in with. A real kind of popcorn movie, that one. Aye. Played really well, I thought. Aye, and that's the thing, for the amount of films that have shown at the festival this year, we only ever really see two or three at the most ever getting, like, the proper UK release. Yeah. Which, like, it's um, a shame, but it's definitely, it's the reason to go to that festival. Yeah, yeah, you do get a chance to see things that you might otherwise not get the chance to see. So it will be interesting to see what what gets picked up, you know, post festival. I know the closing film, The Land of Hope, the new Sion uh, Sono film, that's getting released from Third Window uh, later in the year as well. Um, I didn't get to see that unfortunately because I had to dash to get my uh, train, so I haven't seen that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think The Assassins, which is the uh, sort of the historical epic starring Chow Yun-Fat, I think Universal have got that in the UK. So I'm oh, sure we've seen that at some point as well. Aye. That's the thing, because like, nowadays, like, your Asian cinema market in the United Kingdom's getting thinner and thinner on the ground. Mm. Like, um, it's, it's really worrying for yeah, me. Got... Sorry, go on. Uh, it's in the sense that, like, I really can't be out of importing movies nowadays. Mm. The whole, like, we've all, everyone's moving on to uh, Blu-ray players, and, you know, region locking on Blu-ray players is a tough nut to crack. Yeah. So, for the no, guy I'm, that I'm has... I, mm. I used to import lots of uh, DVDs where, you know, you know, you could have a multi-region DVD player, but having exactly. transferred to Blu-ray... I, you know, and yeah, you just have to be patient and wait for for the film to get a release, or just keep Aye. your fingers crossed they're going to get a release. Exactly. Um, and just going off topic a moment, my fa- one of my favourite films that I saw last year was at the London Film Festival, and it was a film called Hell's a Skelter. Right. The same director who did Sakura a few years ago, and right. absolutely no sign of it getting picked up in the UK. Mm. Um, so yeah, just disappointing. <laughs> uh, and that's the thing that even for when I was there, like, like at that festival, like one of one of my favourite films was Cow, and yeah, uh, yeah. it will probably never see the light of day over in the United Kingdom. Mm. Yeah, no, I remember that one. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just lie in wait, hoping the likes of maybe Cold War and Drug War maybe yeah. see like hopefully with the amount of attention Berlin filed maybe they'll get some sort of international release mm. but with the likes of Cine Asia and Showbox all missing nowadays it's 
I don't want to put too much pressure on the third window in terracotta. <laughs> yeah, and I think obviously with their budgets, they they can't afford to to, to go for the really big name films because you know the, the you know the production company are, are demanding such fees for those. Oh, uh, so. you know they're going to go for the the the, the lesser known films. Aye, you're kind of hoping one of the bigger distributors will stump up for the the bigger films. But, I mean, I think you mentioned Cold War, which was the opening film. Um, I mean, that won a lot of it won a lot of Hong Kong awards, and I think it's made a ton of money over there. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if, if that gets picked up by somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's got a, quite a starry cast. But... Yeah. And it's Region 3. Mm. <laughs> so I'm sitting waiting for that one. <laughs> It's even the same goes for Stephen Chow's latest film, like, that's coded as well. I was like, oh, I really hope Sony still likes Stephen. Yeah. Yeah, you just you just can't be sure these days. Even the most bankable Asian stars, that's no guarantee that they, they're going to transfer and get a, a release over here. Mm-hmm. And it's not as if you could even market them as almost the star of the Green Hornet. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'll cut it. No. <laughs> uh. um, I don't think really much else. Actually, one of the, the great things they do at the Terracotta Festival, as we said, they do bring over some directors and yeah. they even get them to do these great uh, masterclass sessions. Have you, did you get a chance this year to sit in on any of them? Yeah, they, well, they had two guests this year. Um, we mentioned Rio Sung Wan, who was over with Bill Infile. The other guest was Jaliti Lung, who was here with a film called Love Me Not. Now, I missed her masterclass, which was on the Friday morning, because uh, I had to go and see a bit of Sister's uh, Room that was showing at the, uh, at the view at the same time. So I Just make it sound like a chore. <laughs> it was only some footage. It wasn't the whole thing. <laughs> well, you get too excited. Um, but no, I did go to the masterclass with uh, Ruth and one, and uh, yeah, I mean it, it's great. I mean it's it's much more just it's like a longer Q and A really because um, you know sometimes they'll have a specific topic that they want to talk about. In this case, it was directing action cinema, but it's it's more more like an extended Q and A session with us, you know, with a smaller audience. You've got much more chance to engage and you know ask any questions you want. So. Mm-hmm. You know, that went on, it must have been about 45 minutes. So, you know, again, if you've been interested in the filmmaking process, then it's a great opportunity to get up close and personal with these filmmakers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as you say, it's, a, it's a, another integral and, uh, you know, exciting part of the festival, I think, having that. Aye. So, for uh, any listeners that are quite fresh, to the Terracotta Festival, all their information can be found on their website, which is uh, terracottafestival.com, and that gives you a chance to have a look at uh, galleries from this year's festival as well as previous years, and it basically just gives you a taste of what you've missed out on, really. <laughs> yeah, and of course they're on Facebook, they're on Twitter as well, and they do kind of year-round screenings. Um, they they now have a monthly screening at the Prince Charles Cinema as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's plenty of opportunities to meet up and, and see Asian cinema. Although 
admittedly, you generally have to be in London. But I know Joey did mention there's some talk that they may be going to tour one or two of the films from the festival around uh, later in the year. So ah, that's good to hear. So I definitely uh, go on to uh, terracottafestival.com. On their homepage, it does have uh, links to Twitter, Facebook, uh, Google Plus, yeah. if anyone does that. And yeah, like this will be the ideal way to keep you up to date. And if there's anything big coming this way into Scotland, you know I'll be certainly talking about it. But uh, Phil, thank you very much for your time tonight. No, my pleasure, my pleasure. Mm-hmm. And if anyone wants to get a hold of you, you are available on the social networks as well as chrisandphilpresents.co.uk? Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Thank you again, mate. No problem. You take care. So, welcome back to What's Korean Cinema? Uh, as you can tell, it's your host Stuart Sutherland here, and joining me is the Easy A, Andy right. Walker. I'm still here. We're both still alive. Mm-hmm. Just been busy, but uh, obviously in the first half of the show, I was discussing the Terracotta Film Festival with uh, Phil Newton. Now, uh, on that half of the episode, we were talking about uh, basically it was my turn to go see. The Berlin File at the Edinburgh International Film Festival. So this is the day after uh, me and Andy's attendance at the festival mm-hmm. and thought, what a better time to actually talk about how the day went so we could give you sort of like the post, no, the pre and the post reactions to films. Right. Or the single film we saw, right. at least for our audience. I was so, confused there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I was confusing myself there as I was talking, going um, uh. so I there was the preconceived notions going into Berlin file, and now we could give our audience our reactions in the mm. same episode. Yeah. So. So first. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, the Edinburgh International Film Festival is obviously like a huge deal for Scotland each year. I've always kind of kept an eye on it just in case there's like a good film coming up so I actually get the chance to go see it oh, but right. I rarely do because so like, it was on at night too I, everything's on at night like they had the Ekin Cheng movie uh, Rule Number 1 where it was like the ghost cop thing uh-huh. horror movie for a few years back like they had that on but that was like a 9.30 start time and uh-huh. like some films like never gonna see again in places like Scotland and and majority of these films never actually get their UK release. No. It's like, right, you've seen it, and right, well, that's you, you've... What was your chance for? Aye. So, when noticing that uh, the Berlin file was actually coming up to Scotland, I could finally feel a little bit better about missing the the screening at the Terracotta Festival. I thought, right, I've got a second chance for it, and mm-hmm. they actually had a Sunday afternoon screening. It's like, I could actually get home the same day. I don't need to shell out a hundred quid just to stay overnight. Uh, and all for the sake of, like, a film. <laughs> so, it, I was like, right, I'm definitely doing it this time. We're going. And I guess we were more than surprised with the Berlin file. Yeah. And, like, it was it was worth it for what we had to go through for standing in 
Cineworld. Oh. Like, during a festival and the opening weekends of World War Z and Despicable Me 2. <laughs> it wasn't even that. It was a fucking getting to the fucking the cinema with me being crippled and <laughs> the fucking no. lashing didn't went rain and I had a hair jacket on and fucking uh, shotgunning <laughs> fast acting painkillers <laughs> knocking it back with a mochaccino <laughs> like even in Edinburgh you're trying to be like a classy fuck and like I'm, I'm not just gonna knock it back with a tin iron brew I'll go to start I'll get the Starbucks coffee <laughs> I'll get my fucking mocha lattes aye fucking shotgun in two bottles <laughs> so I, I, it was like when we finally got there then I was like trying to figure out a way to get the tickets and then found like a queue for the, the festival booth and like uh, Jesus Christ like I'm so glad I booked tickets ahead of time because if they were all waiting for the Berlin file I thought we're fucked <laughs> <laughs> but it turns out to be some sort of cutting edge documentary on running across the desert uh, which I've seen the trailer to, and it it, mm, it looks okay. It doesn't seem <laughs> why I would probably sell it on a Sunday afternoon in Edinburgh, unless the, the guys were there, likes. But all the posh bastards wanted to see it. All the students. Yes. There Everyone... is students everywhere, but Edinburgh there just seems to be a lot more. Aye, it's like going to St Andrews. <laughs> but then you're confined to one building with them all, and like. Oh. <laughs> Just hearing them talk making me angry. <laughs> you push past and give my fucking face. So, um, I then it was the initial queuing up to actually get into the screening, mm-hmm. and just this giant line of people going to see World War Z, and it's like, don't. I did no. do right. Try and get a refund. You hurt your eyes. <laughs> like it's not scary. Like, I'm not. I'm not trying to put you off it because it's ultra violent. It's the opposite. Right. Please, someone listen. <laughs> Why is there more people joining this queue? This queue is more violent than fucking the film. <laughs> like, if you want violence, Despicable Me too. It might be comedic violence, but it's more. Right, it's there's more a... violence. <laughs> Probably more blood. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, we finally got to our seats yeah. and like part of me wasn't too surprised with that reaction like I think you expected me to get all fangirl uh, I thought upon, you were going to get an erection <laughs> upon the news that uh, director uh, Ryu uh, Sung Wan was actually in attendance part of me was like like oh of course because like he was at Terracotta just recently and like just, I'm pretty sure it was like a week apart so he probably just like yeah, can we see what a castle looks like? Ah, he's like, ah, so, weather. Mm-hmm. Like, def- definitely, this is definitely Scotland. I know that. It was the awkward jokes where he was trying to say jokes and then you had to wait five minutes for the translator said it to I had to translate the joke. Oh, and... he's like, oh, God. So... I'm, tr- I'm trying to laugh, but it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to be humbled that he's there. Yeah. You laugh at whatever he says. I was trying to make that eye contact in case I didn't look amused at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you get out. You're not going to see my phone. 
I do think he's a, like as athletic and deadly as his brother, but oh, so he would have been all right. I do can, Just I'm not case. too sure about that female translator. They're usually, yeah. I was going to say silent and deadly, but translators yeah. can be silent. They like, <laughs> so, to, they like to have sex with Germans, <laughs> as you'll find out soon. Ah, that's... <laughs> we left early. That was a total valid question for the Q&A. What? Since there, there was an interpreter there at the time. It was like, so... Oh, no, we'd get kicked too. <laughs> so, has so, like Mr. Mr. Ryu offered you... Has pimped you out yet? Because yeah. <laughs> he offered you to a fucking German. It's like, we want to show your... Like, I want my film to be in the Edinburgh International Film Festival. Right. Well, you're going to have to take care of Mr. Fujiwara. <laughs> <laughs> so, aye, we will actually talk about the Berlin file tonight at some point. Aye. And not just Stu and Andy's wacky adventures. When they pause and the cars came in, I'm going to fuck it. Plot. Got, I, I do have a three-paragraph plot. Why just three? Uh, it's just the first page that brought it up. Oh. Like, I think kind of three paragraphs is quite a lot. Because obviously we can't even really spoil this one. No. Because like, there's no coming out here anymore. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll look up on the the festival website. Uh, what is it? What is this Korean title? Um, Korean <laughs> title for the Berlin file. Don't tell me it's just the Berlin file. And you mean what? What? How is it pronounced in Korean? Yeah. Or what does it translate to? What is it, it called in Korean? What do they, they call it in Korea? They just go, hiya, 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 the Berlin file. No. Never. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still talking racist, it's unbelievable. <laughs> how did you last in that cinema? <laughs> I didn't, I couldn't, as soon as I seen the name Bob, Mom is away. <laughs> Uh, and uh, it's just the literal title is uh, Berulin, oh. like B E R E U R L I N, right? Which the working title was in Berlin. In Berlin. Aye. Oh well. So, plop plop plop. And then a shade too. Plop plop plop. Got to highlight the P's. Get on. Get on with this motherfucking plot! They've not, they've not really got one, it's just an overview. Uh, Ryu Sung Wan's one of Asia's top directors, spins a fast-paced and twisty yarn of international intrigue. After an arms deal in a Berlin hotel ends in chaotic violence, a North Korean spy who narrowly escapes uh, comes to suspect that he's been set up by a double agent. Meanwhile, his South Korean uh, counterpart starts to uncover a large conspiracy filled with breathtaking set pieces. This is a contemporary Asian action cinema at its best. Yes. That good enough plot? Sorry. That'll do then. So, yes, it's Korean cinema in Berlin. In Berlin? Mm-hmm. Not in Bruges. Not in Macau. Aye, they do. They, there seems to be a bank account in Macau somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty much it's, uh, I think somebody, like, Phil described it as, like, a Jason Bourne-style uh, spy thriller. 
it's been in like what you expect from Korea, the typical North versus South, but kind of like the North were good, but so were the South. But then there's the Israelis. Oh, good. You can't call him good if he's selling arms to the fucking. All right, but so he's, he's sort of like an anti-hero then. Like he he, he is like you kind of want him to live. Obviously, you want him to live, but he's so, good. but he's not a good guy. So, all right. I, I always fucking root for the bad guy. So an anti-hero in a sense. Yeah. And then there is just a bad guy as well from the north. So the so the lead in the movie are uh, North Korean agent is Pyong Jong Sun, played by uh, Ha Jung Woo. Hang Jung Woo is the guy who has well, I realise there's actually two films we've seen him in. Is it? Actually, you you might have not seen the Yellow Sea. Seen the Chaser. Aye, that is the other film from this this other director. Like right? he's directed the Yellow Sea and the Chaser. Yeah. And the Chaser, uh, Ha Jung Woo, is the serial killer. Nice. He's the guy with the bowl cut. <laughs> so he kind of got rid of that and seems to be better off without <laughs> the bad haircut. Yeah. But. Aye, so that is our lead uh, North Korean agent. Uh, his w- screen wife is played by uh, the sassy girl, uh, Gianna Jun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the South Korean police officer who's just trying to help shit out. Well, just trying to... Always keeping an eye on the North, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, Han Suk Q. <laughs> Q. Kai. What? Who sounds like It's Han-S-U-K-K-Y-U. Q. Han-S-U-K-K-Y-U. So no, I'm married. Sorry. Oh, you told me this stuff. You're <laughs> trying to get cheeky with me now. <laughs> I'm going to have to beat that out. <laughs> I'm going to have to beat that out. Why? So, yes. um, Mr. Han uh. is known for previous films uh, that I actually do own. Uh, Greenfish, number three, and uh, The President's Last Bang. These are all films from uh, Third Window Films. So they've all had like a decent release over in the UK. What are you talking about? The South Korean actor. Uh, it was in fucking Shiri. Yeah. yeah. Alright, so th- some of his notable films include like uh, Greenfish and... Never heard it. <laughs> uh, it's a Korean drama. Uh, but he has like his more notable one, I think, is the president's last bang. So he's one of the leads in that film. It's uh-huh. one of that I've got on the the shelf, still in the plastics. So uh-huh. should really so, get her into. So the black car. Eh? I reckon the front cover of the DVD's got a black car. Mate. A black car. Aye. Uh-huh. And I think the one I've got's. Uh, Two guys sign their one tune, Bubblegum. I think... That's I should them cuddling up in a car. Hmm. Okay. A reason to watch it so we find out what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. So, 
Andy, what did you think of the Berlin file? Sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I quite liked it. It was, it was a wee bit more confusing than the other, some of the other Korean action films I've seen. Mm-hmm. No confusing, but it made you pay attention more. It wasn't just sitting there and watching cunts fight each other. Was it because the director told you to sit there and pay attention? Kind of. Because <laughs> I wouldn't have, if I did there, I wouldn't have come what the fuck was going on. Because... Like, why is Koreans fight their Koreans for money, are they, Ken? Mm. And why the fuck are they all in Berlin? Aye. Berlin? Aye, I keep saying a G at the end of Berlin. Just a G in Like, the Berlin. But, aye, like, the... They explain that you need to really focus for the first hour. Yeah. And they said that you're rewarded in the second hour with a roller coaster ride of action. Yeah. So, it is, like, a really good way to describe it, but, like, don't let the thought of, right, you really need to focus for this first hour. It's like, no, just make sure you're not looking at Twitter and Facebook whilst you're watching the film, and you'll do fine. <laughs> then he tweet, like, oh, I just met the director's fucking shocked face. Aye. Hashtag E-I-F-F. Aye. <laughs> which I did do after the film. Oh, you sad. You sad I, didn't, you I didn't even get a retweet. No wonder... Even knows you that went there. Edinburgh knows me. He <laughs> <laughs> knows you, the guy that went about with the fucking guy wasted on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> like these guys aren't from Edinburgh. What are they doing here? Who's the guy who walks next to the guy that walked out the middle of the road? <laughs> <laughs> Try to get into a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's that fucking stiff that taxi driver <laughs> as well. <laughs> No, no more personal adventures. Aye, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did come under the same thought of like, shit. I need to, I need to focus. I need to figure out what's going on. Are we sitting too close to the screen? <laughs> it's like it's like watching IMAX. Like I just need to make sure I'm watching the entire film. What? Wait, what did that subtitle say? Who's North? Wait, why is she not sleeping? Why is no one sleeping? Why does this man have a secret fucking room in his house behind a larder? Does he keep fucking drugs in a fish? <laughs> So aye, there is, like, it, it's, I think it's just like your normal thing when you're supposed to be watching a spy movie, like, you need to pay attention aye. to really, like, get the idea, because there is double crossing and... Triple crossing. Aye. Then, like, some fuck, for fuck's sake, some fuck are just, no, I was going to say, some fuck are just... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a spoiler. That is. So, there is literally, I think, only one in the helpful. Aye. So, unless I, you fucked that story up. Unless Ryu Songbum is also. <laughs> Probably. He likes, he likes Songbum. Uh, why? Because it's, so, it's his name, what can I say? <laughs> Songbum. <laughs> that could even be in a credit if he was like a homeless guy in the movie. <laughs> Aye, Songbum, I reckon. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was like surprisingly good. I, I was like going into it knowing that is the right this is supposed to be a pretty good film. From the trailer I've seen, like, the main action part that I was able to remember was, uh, it was like a fight in a cafe. Mm. I just remember the North Korean agent being flung across the room, like, knocking tables and getting smashed into, like, a cabinet or something. And that's turned out to be the scene where he had fallen out of the hotel, gotten caught in the cables, mm. and got flung across the room. Because I thought, looking at it, it's like, Man, maybe this film looks like it's got a little bit of wire work to it, but 
Like the guy was literally caught tangled in wires. Mm-hmm. So it was you were able to let it go, and it was it was like hard hitting action stuff like things that the director is usually quite good for is like decent action scenes in his movies. Right, but brutal. Mm-hmm. With this just a did... wee couple of kung fu kicks. Aye, some big <laughs> sweeping kicks. Yeah. And it was like this was one of the strange cases where it kinda like it picked up that Hollywood trait of shaky camera action movie. Mm. Like when we get into our final fight the cameraman was having a little fit behind the lines <laughs> like if you just 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 built on a stead just built on a tripod. Just Aye, this so the fight scenes are a wee bit blurry. Aye. Uh, but it only really like towards the end but they do, it's sort of like in and out, because some points, like the proper ground and pound punches, is like the camera's trying to get right into the action, and then like it does cut back so you'd see the big jump kicks or yeah. the, the fucking judo throws. and So it does like have this fair share of decent action, but it just looked like he was trying to go for intensity with shaky camera style. Mm-hmm. And obviously one of the actors we've not touched upon yet is like your favourite uh, Ryu Sung Bum right. who obviously is uh, the brother of the director and he is like obviously a, a pretty decent screen fighter as well from previous films such as like Arahan uh, I can't remember if he was in City of Violence I always thought he was one of the two leads until I rewatched the trailer last night and he, he just wasn't at all mm. And of course, he was in uh, Crying Fist, starring across from uh, Choi Min Sik. Blood ties. Blood ties? Mm-hmm. Done that. <laughs> okay. Taking <laughs> what it's about, like, just a photo of him standing behind a woman in a bikini. Well, that's definitely a film then. He's not even in the top four actors. <laughs> so maybe, <laughs> sure. like, maybe it's just a. Uh, Directed by Ho Choi. Oh, Ho. Right, he's a Ho. Have... No blood, no tears, oh my god. Yes, uh, one of the earlier works of uh, Ryu Sung Wan. Which is also released through Third Window Films. Aye. Which, it kind of looks like they're locked, stuck in two smoking barrels. Is it? Aye. I've, I've only watched it once, but I'm pretty sure it came out to be quite a decent film. Aye. Just the front cover does look promising. Is it two girls with guns? Yeah. Aye. It was a good film. I'll give you a line it next time I see you. <laughs> same same goes for uh, Crying Fist. And Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Aye, an old boy. An old boy. And you yeah, yeah, fucking give me Lady Vengeance. Oh, coming soon on Watch Korean Cinema. <sighs> so... Mug. Uh, when it comes to like release information on this, like there isn't really any. This is like the bizarre case of where we usually talk about films doing the festival circuit and they're due for release soon, mm-hmm. but this is us catching a film actually on the festival circuit, mm-hmm. where there doesn't even seem to be like distributors yet. So it's like, oh, okay, um, I don't know when it's coming out. Basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would encourage you to go see it if it is playing at a local festival wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to have had its run in America, I think. Right. It might have been through, like, uh, I think it was, like, Draft House Cinema. They seemed to have done, like, their own run of it. Yeah. So that played through in February. 
Uh, Japan's getting it this July. So, something to look oh, forward cinemas. to. Cinemas? Yeah. I thought you were meaning DVD. It's like, oh. No. It doesn't seem to be any DVD release information yet. There'll probably be something maybe towards the end of the summer, hopefully, like pre ordered for like the Korean DVD or yeah. Hong Kong DVD. So, mm. I'll be keeping an eye out at least, but I'd always just have my fingers crossed for just like a. Like a, just a UK Blu-ray release. Because mm-hmm. that is like one of these movies where I feel I'll probably need to watch it once or twice just to like... Yeah, to fully understand. Little things I'm no picking up on and... Uh, like, like, I, I, I want to kind of they went more into kind of fucking pure Jung Sung or whatever his <laughs> Trained fucking dung. Oh yeah. Spoiler. So, oh. it. <laughs> I need to kill with these fucking So, aye, uh, so, um, awards. Aye. Let's see, it has had some awards at the Bake Sang Art Festival, nominated for three awards. The only award it did pick up was the Best Actor for for the uh, Pyo Jung Sun, played by uh, Ha Jung Woo. Ha Jung Woo. Yes, dude for the chaser. Yeah. So he picked up Best Actor Awards, and that this was for a year that was heavily dominated by a uh, Masquerade, which is what I believe to be a sort of Korean Prince in the Popper style movie starring uh, Lee Byung Hun. Oh, your favorite. He's like, guess who's back? <laughs> back again, right. taking fifteen awards, <laughs> <laughs> nominated for another fifteen. <laughs> So, um, and that's also supposed to be, let's see, at the, I'm going to read this out here. Obviously, this is not uh, the Berlin file, this is the Masquerade, and at the 2012 Grand Bell Awards in South Korea, it won Best Actor, Best Art Direction, Best Cinematography, Best Costume, Best Director, Best Editing, Best Visual Effects, Best Film, Best Lighting, Best Music, Best Screenplay, Best Supporting Actor. No women in it. <laughs> so a fucking sausage face. Like Jesus Christ! Like what? How that? That's like Lord of the Rings at the Oscars winning the eleven awards. Yeah. Like that is just like fucking huge. Like well, like surely films like Masquerade should then like be warranted like some sort of UK release or limited showing but like if there's something that wins so many like fucking awards like it that should probably be enough fucking sway to give it a international release mm-hmm. and you could just cover it in like the typical uh, star of G.I. Joe Returns no what was Retribution? G.I. Joe Retribution? Uh, they can have something like that resurrection of the river. Aye, GI Joe yawn, uh-huh. and Red Two. Like the dude is getting his way into like the U.S. market of being evil Asian guy who's yeah. good at martial arts. Because the totem black guy doesn't work anymore, so it has to be a totem Asian guy. Mhm. Token ripped Asian guy. Aye. <laughs> I wonder if that was the casting call, but. 
Um, aye, they may as well just put a shirtless picture of him. Not even relating that it's a period movie. Mm-hmm. Enough of my personal wish list. Um, when it comes to ratings for the Berlin file, IMDb rated it 7.1 based on 370 votes. And surprisingly, Rotten Tomatoes have rated it 36% rotten. Mm. That's based on seven rotten reviews compared to four fresh reviews. Mm. So I think it's getting to the point where probably not enough of the right people have seen it yet. Yeah. Or Our it could. <laughs> or it could be in the sense like this is sort of like your thing with like comic book movies in the sense that the guys that appreciate comic book movies will go see it. Mm-hmm. Although I guess they're actually that might be a bad analogy because they seem to be some of the most uh, critical like the ones that point out uh, the most flaws yeah. comparing it to original source material but for folk reviewing that have a thing for Asian cinema will most likely really enjoy the Berlin file rather than a guy that had to sit through After Earth and Man of Steel then watch like a film with subtitles and think well you're uh, just tri- you're just copying Jason Bourne aren't you so, yeah, you pricks <laughs> So that's me having like a really sheltered thought on like critics, but like I I'm just surprised that like this is not a bad movie, and this is actually a modestly rated film in the sense that it's two hours on the nose. Korean cinema is like usually your standard two and a half, mm-hmm. so this is like kind of your maybe this is a popcorn action movie for Korea. Oh, would say so. Well, we've got a psychological thriller. Aye, well, see, that's what, like, obviously we'll go into more discussion later on in this episode with our bonus inclusion of, like, The Tower. That is, like, your token popcorn summer blockbuster. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe it came out at Christmas because it was set at Christmas. Mm. But, like, Berlin File had more of a strong, like, story to it. Like, this is, like, right... I'm gonna have to think here and like keep an eye on what's going on. Whereas uh, the tower is like fire, and that's it. Mm. Like you don't need like there's no twists with this fire. <laughs> it's there for one sole purpose. Mm. So, aye, really, like this is as much as we can go into the Berlin file without mm. really. Delving into spoilers. No, oh, they're ever going to get a chance to see it. <laughs> no, I, I'm sure. Uh, like, it just seems to be that good a film. Like, someone just needs to man up and buy the rights yeah. for a UK release. <laughs> like, it, you, it could be easily fucking marketed over here. Like, it, it just looks like a Jason Bourne film, and it could be, like, it, it's got to be one of these marketing campaigns. Like, it's Bourne versus Bourne meets. East and shit like that, just uh, something just to make, just to sell it to the the masses. It's right current as well. Mm-hmm. With the fucking talking about the death of fucking Kim Jong Il and uh, Syria trying to buy weapons, and then the fucking Mossad appears. And I know like, it does have all these themes. Like it, it's not dated. It's cutting edge almost yeah there's like a USB like <laughs> euro hidden into a euro yeah that's secret spy shit which is hidden in a bra no. is that a, a spoiler 
No. Yes. <laughs> There's bras in this movie. Right. Because the one woman in this film needs support. <laughs> Saggy fucking bitch. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like she's like not even 30 yet. She shouldn't need any support. <laughs> but aye, if, if you have the chance to see Berlin File, highly recommended. I wouldn't suggest looking it to the internet for it because it's not there yet. Meh. Yeah. Well, there is if you can speak uh, Polish. Polish, yes. So to our, to our Polish cousins, enjoy. Right. I would say something Polish, but I'd probably offend you. Vodka. <laughs> Vodka's rushing you. Damn it. <laughs> Auschwitz. Auschwitz. Oh! <laughs> so, uh, since that was spoke about how the internet created the Berlin File, let, let us rate the Berlin File Aye. in the list of Podcast and Fire, Scottish Podcast and Fire's movie list of fame and fortune of films Can that we like. What? We never fucking done it with Tower, do we? We've got to do the Tower the New York. We are going to include the Tower as well. That's all right. Our movie rating list for podcastandfire.com. Andy, where do you rate the Tower? Give me the fucking top of the pops rundown, sucker. Alright, I'm not reading out all 17. Oh, start the top 10, because it's not going any lower than that. Okay, we've got number 10, Once Upon a Time in China 2. Right, it's better than that. Number 9. Once Upon a Time in China and America. Better than that. Number eight, A Better Sweet Life. Better than that. Number seven, Beast Stalker. Uh, better than that. Number six, Triad. Better than that. Number five, Dream Home. Better than that. Number four, Once Upon a Time in China. Better than that. Number three, Storm Riders. Uh, It's almost kind of the same, really, like a popcorn-y... Uh, you don't have to think too much about... I'd probably say it's better than that because I prefer the action, the, the psychologically actually real-time real fucking film than to... We are uh, talking about Tower here, aren't we? We're talking about Tower? Yeah. Motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were talking about the Berlin file. Right, well, we could put in Berlin file here as well. Right. Well, Berlin Files up this high. You wait to start again at number 10 because I forgot. <laughs> okay. Oh. Right, so your top five right. consists of from the bottom up, Dream Home. Right. Number four, Once Upon a Time in China. Right. Number three, The Storm Riders. Right. Number two, I Saw the Devil. Right. Number one, The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. I would put The Tower at number four. And the Berlin file at number two. Tower at number four. Yeah. Berlin file above I Saw the Devil. Yeah. Just because I was in, I'm, I'm merely an action mood today. <laughs> okay. In that way, the way spreadsheets work, that has knocked the tower down to number five, but it's still rated higher than all the other ones you've mentioned. Yeah. So, your top five now consists of number one, the good, the bad, the weird. Number two, The Berlin File. Number three, I Saw the Devil, an all-Korean cinema top three. Yeah. Number four, you've got Storm Riders, Hong Kong elbowing its way in. And number five, The Tower. Yeah. For myself, um, I think I'm going to put Berlin File... Well, my, my top five, for you that want to know, 
Uh, starting from the bottom, we've got Storm Riders. Nobody cares. Dream Home. <laughs> a Better Sweet Life. Good, the Bad, the Weird. And I Saw the Devil. But I think I'm going to put The Tower... This is really like a big point whether The Tower is better than Once Upon a Time in China. Where Once Upon a Time in China is really like a, a film that has it all over like... It's got good martial arts and it's got a good story. Yeah. So I think I'm going to have to keep Once Upon a Time in China at number six. Mm-hmm. And put the tower in underneath it, pushing back the Beast Stalker. Mm-hmm. And Berlin Files going to be... <clears throat> number is it is it better than A Bittersweet Life? I really enjoyed A Bittersweet Life. And this is like one of these things, like films That's, such as... Well, you fucking have erections here, that one, guy. <laughs> I Saw the Devil, The Good, The Bad and The Weird, and A Bittersweet Life, yes. Okay, they all feature the your hung. Man, your man crush. But... Um, like, cool. it seems to be this thing where, right? I've seen these films multiple times, mm. so like each time, the like the film's not let me down. It's not gotten tiring. Mm. We've only seen Berlin File once, so we might still be on that. I've just seen this movie high. Don't think about it too much. <laughs> just go I'm, with what you I, fucking I'm say. I'm not gonna break my top three. I'm putting Berlin File in at number four. Right, you sucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, why, why you throw that in there? You're biased to the fucking hung. <laughs> biased to the hung. Uh, That's the book I'm writing for him. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that hung. Anyway. Right, what? So, um, really that is us for this part of the show. We're just going to take let, let this file turn into a little musical break and then we'll return to you. Was that you trying to do a little musical interlude? I was going to be interrupted by some will do it now. Good, because I was breaking it. <laughs> Fuck you. So yes, after this break, uh, stay tuned for me and Andy's verdict on The Tower. Right. Big bastard fire. Spoiler. Shut up. How do they get us a spoiler until we fucking say spoiler? They will never know. You fucking ruin it for them. You ruin it when you say spoiler. Know what I say. Okay, so... Hello and welcome to... What's Korean Cinema bonus episode? I'm your host Stuart Sutherland and joining me via Skype we have... Me. (laughs) (laughs) It's me, it's me, it's Andy Walker. Oh, you could have meant the big Andy. Oh! (laughs) I had the shot there and I missed it. You failed. So yes, uh, this isn't one of your normal What's Korean Cinema episodes. This is just basically us doing our sales pitch to keep the fucking media companies happy. Mm. Convince them to send us more review materials in the future. But this is one of these rare occasions where the film actually turns out to be good. Yeah. (laughs) So yes, today we will be discussing uh, The Tower from 2012 from director Kim Hee-Woon no, Kim Ji-Woon 
Or is it? No, I'm Maybe good. Again, it's the other way, but it's the last word, the last part of the name. It is uh, Kim Ji Hoon. Hoon. Aye. They get your hoons and woons mixed up. Uh, or they even mention the C word. Or the C word. Yeah, don't use, don't do the C word. <laughs> There's nothing called that, hopefully. No. Kim Ji something, I'm with C. No. I don't. I don't even want you to pronounce any names because I know how you struggle with three fucking three battled names. I know. <laughs> it's hard enough trying to say Nick Van Dyke. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, eh, uh, let's see. I've got the plot here for the Tower. We have mentioned this is a Korean film. Yes, this right. we've already announced it's a Korean podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, eh. Uh, on Christmas Eve at Tower Sky, an ultra-luxurious building complex, a white Christmas party is held to dazzle its equally high-end tenants and VIP guests. Dehu, uh, the manager of the building and single father, is forced to cancel plans with his daughter Hannah to work the event. His Christmas is saved when Yoon Hee, the food mall manager with a secret crush on Dehu, offers to babysit Hannah during the party. Meanwhile, Young Ki, the legendary fire chief of the Yodio uh, station, has finally promised his first holiday date night uh, with his long-suffering wife. Mm-hmm. The party is in full swing with the spectacular sights of two helicopters flying overhead just to spray snow on the partygoers to make everything perfect. When the unthinkable disaster strikes, it crashes. <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> yes, it's actually they were warned. Yeah. Quite a <laughs> few times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh Dehu and Young Ki uh must summon all their strength and courage to save the lives of thousands, but at what cost to themselves and their loved ones. Dum 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 Korea. Yeah. They make the film sound so good. <laughs> And it's actually, it isn't a half a bad film. It is. Pretty good, eh? Mm. Well, the first half of yours. It's, it's all very cheery and cheesy. Aye, and a bit rom-commy. <laughs> yeah, aye. It, it's like your typical happy, happy Korean film. Yeah. Everything's going to be fine today, it's Christmas. And then, of course, rich people get involved and it all goes to shit. Yeah. Rich people want rich things. It's fucking money! It's all the <laughs> money! I'll buy snow if I have to. I'd even give I'll make money. the helicopters drop it from the skies. <laughs> I don't care. There might be an updraft. Yeah. Fuck up. I think... Fuck wind. Aye. And fuck plumbing. Yeah. Like, I don't care about sprinklers. Let's get more shops in our building. Yeah. <laughs> so that is one of the key plot elements. Obviously, this movie is... I guess a, a disaster movie, like a block. Obviously, it's a blockbuster, but it's to do with the building going on fire and. Uh, I think it would be classed as a disaster mm-hmm. movie. So the disaster is fire. Yeah. And the fact that early on they they discover that their sprinkler systems are knackered uh, halfway well, the up the building. When they find that the pipes are frozen, the pipes on the exterior of the building. Yeah, that's outside. Aye. I'm just trying to think of the word 
Ah, they're on the outside rather than inside the walls. And uh, they were they were fucking frozen over. That was surprised uh, just the pipes that were frozen. <laughs> Aye, but there's no snow. Well, not at that point anyway. Get off your chops. When the fuck the last <laughs> time we got snow? Fucking <laughs> everything's always frozen up here. I guess. So yes, um, that is like the main point to the movie is like obviously the pipes are frozen there is no waters in the sprinklers yeah. and <laughs> everyone's like why are you giving a toss about the sprinklers like get ready for the party mm. <laughs> well that the, the fucking general manager's like that aye I think the main I think the main guy's a general manager he's just the safety aye. the safety supervisor yeah uh, is she saying general manager no? and then the discussion. manager of the building and single father well this I'm, I'm just in this for the case case lies <laughs> <laughs> fucking case so um, I'll actually go into some details on the cast here so Dae is played by uh, Kim Sang Kyung uh, who to me was known for uh, playing the city cop in Memories of Murder that was him acting across from uh, Song Kang Ho. Uh-huh. So they were like the two lead detectives in that movie. Yeah. Um, Sol Kang Gu, the, the fire chief that like just decides, right, I'm going to nip out on this one last job. Uh-huh. I'll be oh, home right. soon, honey. Uh-huh. Is known for uh, the Public Enemy movies. Uh-huh. And uh, the leading lady, who's not really that familiar to me, uh, Sun Yi Jin. Uh, has been in films such as The Classic and uh, A Moment to Remember. Uh-huh. I've, I've been looking at her work, I've not seen any of it other than this. Right. So, and I did, did recognise one of the uh, firefighters, like basically the middle one. Like, this movie kind of tackles so many. Uh, different. Mo- I, mo- like stereotypical movie characters like for the fire team we've got the old chief we've got the comical joker and then we've got the rookie and then at the hotel it's got your a hard working cleaner who just wants to like like their son gets to make sure their son does better than her aye and then you've got the fucking the rich cunts. You know, <laughs> the, the, the old women wear dog. That fucking slut. <laughs> uh, we've got the Jesus freaks. I, I didn't understand. It doesn't go into it. I didn't notice where they got the money to go there. there. Aye. Well, I think, was he not the lottery winner? He was classed as the lottery winner, but he never agreed or disagreed with what she said. But... Mm, but... I think like she that was them just trying to sum up as the lottery winner who right. decided to invite all his pals in on the wrong night. Yeah. Oh he's for fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the hallelujahs. Uh, when he fucking went out of uh, get to it. They went with the fireman going into the pool. Ah. <laughs> his eyes would pop me soon. <laughs> so, um what other typical character tropes do we have? We have the crazy chef, or the yuppie chef. Oh, the guy that kind of cooked, but he's... Oh. Uh, like, this forced stomach atten- relief. Uh, he's not got the attention span to concentrate on anything. Mm-hmm. 
It's like somebody's fallen out of a comedy and into this film. Yeah. Like there, there is comical moments to this, but they don't need right. to be high on sugar and running about accidentally setting the place on fire and <laughs> like we leave that to the helicopters. <laughs> Fuck it. That's one bit that annoyed me with the helicopter. It's like, it was swinging out of control and it had that thing hanging for it, the snow machine. Yep. The snow machine just hit the wall, hit the building and stayed in the window. But the helicopter hit the wall, hit the building and it went, it went about five stories. Six, uh, I was going to say about 16, but five are a bit more realistic. <laughs> how, how did it do that? Each floor bit would be made of fucking solid steel. And well, that, yeah, that I think later in the film you see it's made of really cheap marble. Oh. <laughs> well, the balls and shit. Uh, no. <laughs> Just like when they notice that, oh wait, the ground's starting to give away on each floor. Oh no, that was because the fucking, the metal structure was being, the the main structure was getting thing with the high heat. And right. that was starting to bend, so that's what keeps everything together. Alright, so it wasn't all made of paper. No, he's not a fucking look like it. Yeah, uh, that, the, it does have its moments where it's like, you're pushing it a little far, but mm. this is just like a, like a, maybe this is like Korea's equivalent of like a Transformers movie, where it's just supposed to be a popcorn film, not taken too seriously. Yeah, maybe. But like even like, even their popcorn movies are a little bit better than the rest. Yeah, <laughs> fucking so... Koreans in their films. <laughs> So it is, it, like, let's see, I'm going to look up the notes that you get sent to you when you get all this publication fish. Yeah. Um, what is the fast sell? Inspired by the Tower Inferno, this Korean box office smash hit is a fast-paced blockbuster that puts Hollywood to shame. Action, romance, comedy, and 80 floors of flame and hell. Oh. The Tower really does have it all. Yeah, good. Oh, you need an American fucking one of the guys that does American trailers and that would make money. Mm. A film similar. No, I can't, I can't up, do the trailer voice. That's, that's, that's bad Batman. Aye. So you're trying to fucking save us the money. This is inspired by the town in Inferno. Uh, <laughs> I know I can't do impressions. I would kept thinking that right now I'll do Bane. It's like no. No. <laughs> Let's just go past that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've I've watched it and passed it on to you. You've watched it a couple of times. Yeah. And it does come across as these, like, just a really kind of just rewatchable disaster uh, yeah, movie. Uh, it's, it's no way you get bored there because there's that much different things you can concentrate on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does have its variety of characters. Uh. Few scumbags mixed in. Oh, that motherfucker! Who? Um, even like like they threw in a pregnant lady halfway through as well, and aye, who somehow was... didn't have her baby. <laughs> <laughs> How did she ever fucking give birth on that bone? I don't know. Mhm. Uh, we also like get to see why this film's a fifteen when there's quite an quite a out of nowhere Korean barbecue. Uh, yeah, scene. Uh, that was that was harsh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I guess I was gonna say maybe it's like karma for not taking the child with you, or yeah. it's a very good reason. F- like, thank fuck they didn't take the child. I think so. Yeah. So, and it's just one of these 
films that it is like you don't have to think too hard about this. Like, just pop it on, watch just the chaos ensue. Yeah. And like, it's got those moments where you're on the edge of your seat as they 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 walk on a glass bridge. Oh fuck it! That's the thing though. <laughs> See that if, if you had that Blu-ray, mm-hmm. your cut would be fucking shit, monster. <laughs> it would have been on DVD just the the bit Aye. where it goes after the kid when they're jumping onto the the wee fucking gondola thing at the same the building. Aye. Like if that that was fucking Mission Impossible, I would have been fucking like fly, lying on the floor like of what vertigo or something. <laughs> that bit, bit would have been getting blurry. But yeah, I think this actually just got a DVD only release. Did it? Yep. Uh, it was released by uh, E1 Entertainment, Entertainment One, I yeah. should say. And yeah, it was just given a just DVD release. Oh, so be. it must have just been a just a wee cheap deal for them just to punt this one out. Yeah. But it, it it's rare to like actually enjoy one of these films because often or not you get a film sent to you and it's like, it's like great dead, dead man. <laughs> Aye, it's like oh blood ninja. And uh, Blood Vampire Samurai 2. <laughs> yeah. I'll watch these. <laughs> Whereas, like, the tower is like, right, okay, I'll, I'll get a bash. And, like, I honestly never looked at any trailers. I thought, like, just the premise and, like, Margaret loves a good disaster movie. So I thought, ah, why not? Yeah. So when watching it originally just by, like, when I was doing ironing <laughs> of all <laughs> things... I had that running in the background, and it was like I hardly done any ironing because I just stopped to watch what was going on. <laughs> I realized, like, fuck, this film's actually drawing me in quite well. Yeah. Like, there is just so much characters to get behind. Like, fuck, you want to survive. Fuck, you want to do right. And like, mm-hmm. for fuck's sake, that man's reserved the cake. He better live. Oh, do <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I got emotional with that bit. Like, and it does. The film actually like does get you really wrapped in it's like fucking hell yeah. it's like that scene at the end of uh, Armageddon where Bruce Willis decides to stay on the rock and Ben Affleck screaming Harry I love you as he flies back to earth yeah, I've never seen yeah. Armageddon <laughs> spoilers sorry you kill it for me Bruce Willis in fact the way I feel about him the new movie will watch it I want to see him die. <laughs> oh, right. He's like, got a thing for Bruce, the new. <laughs> I hate the boy. But... <laughs> Aye, so um, I'll probably just like that same ending to Sixth Sense, by the way. I've seen that. <laughs> I was like, I've just spoiled like five Bruce Willis's films at the same time, saying he dies at the end. Dies at the end, always. Why you think there's Die Hard? Aye. He's just cloned each film. <laughs> Like in this film, we get to suck radiation out with a Hoover, and then like fight a helicopter and win. Oh, no, did it? <laughs> Alright, let's talk about good films. Yeah, good films, please. So, um, yeah, I, I from the director uh, Kim Ji Hoon. I'm actually not too familiar with his other work. He's has directed a few other titles. Uh, 2011, done the movie Sector Seven. Yeah. Uh, 2007, he'd done the film May 18, and in 2004, he'd done uh, Mock Pool, The Harbour. Mm-hmm. So, stuff that I'm pretty sure is not available 
over here. So maybe this has been his big, his big yeah, hit. And do know it ranked quite well uh, in Korea, as I did mention. It was a blockbuster. Let's see if I could was it, find that. Was it released it was, at Christmas Eve? It was. It was, it was released on Christmas Day. Christmas Day, uh, you're a Yes, uh, on its year released December 25th, 2012, the tower drew uh, 431,000 admissions, the second highest opening day in Korean cinema history after The Thieves, oh. which got uh, 436,000. It mm. sold 2 million tickets in its first week, mm. and 3.5 million by its second, and then four point uh, 45 million 4.45 what the fuck does that mean I don't know it's got 4 point then it's got 4 5 oh, 4,450,000 aye uh, tickets by it's third week and then by then on January 22nd it became the first Korean film of 2013 to reach the 5 million mark Oh. So it, it does the opposite of like normal movies, yeah. whereas all the heat's at the beginning, then it slowly cools down, whereas yeah, yeah. the tower just gets hotter week by week. What yeah, so the mouth works for this mm. film. So, aye, and it did, it went quite, I've lost the list, but there, it is like almost in the top ten of like the biggest Korean, Korean box office, aye. It's done surprisingly well. Yeah. Like for a movie, I thought, ah, it's not going to be anything special. And <laughs> It was huge. Shows you what you know about Asian cinema. Oh, where's the hang-up button? <laughs> Sorry, I think we've lost Andy. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Hack? Fuck I think I'm calling you Hack. What have you done? <gasps> fucking job. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. Um. Yes, The Tower is available on DVD in stores across the United Kingdom if there is any stores that sell DVDs nowadays. <laughs> New. It's probably in your local Sainsbury's. Uh, maybe. I actually, this did come out a month ago, so it won't be in your local Sainsbury's. Maybe in the local bargain bin. Yes. You can order it online, like everything else nowadays. It is on Amazon for the summary price of £9.75. Pence, oh. Or buy it second hand for £6. That's a little bit. So, definitely a film worth watching, and we've not been paid to say that because we don't get paid. No. Unless three DVDs counts as money. <laughs> it does. Which, it, which it only counts like that to Music Magpie. <laughs> and they like oh. to give you change. <laughs> change for your <laughs> sentimental goods. But then they won't give it for you if you don't have a barcode. <laughs> I will die. Anyway, let's not talk about that. Yeah. And how much I'm going to get for this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, without spoiling too much of the movie, it is definitely worth looking out. It's just like a good... Act- no, it's not an action film. It's just a... Would it be thrilling? Suspenseful. Like, yes, there is some suspense. A like, lot of suspense. It's fucking... Like, so the fire suspense crew. for 30 minutes to the end. <laughs> it's like the great scenes when the fire crew attack on the blaze with like, where the crash site is. Why do fucking firefighters in this country do like that? Run about with fucking C4. <laughs> Why are they let's fire fight this like fire that? with some more fire. Yeah. Or it's like, let's smash all the windows and draw the fire out. It's like, 
I saw an episode of Brookside where that went the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> they smashed the window and the fucking house blew up. <laughs> so, who knows? Yeah. Maybe it being at the other side of the world, maybe. <laughs> the wind had something to do with Korea. Yeah. Maybe the North planned it, like they just done that gust of wind from their machines. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, fuck so it was a war tactic. Aye, fuck the South and their white Christmas. So fucking one of the Kim G bastards. Aye, it wasn't a nuclear missile, it was just a fucking air missile. Uh, okay, bad, nah, it's a no bad working. batch of fucking nachos. I'm just going to put that in the file with all my other failed uh, fucking scripts. It's a good time you need to get a new fucking hard drive for that file. Oh, hard drive's a bit that, full. <laughs> that was a bit of a low blow. That was. <laughs> My hard drive is actually chocked through Shaw Brothers movies and bad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dick. So, um, you think we should just call put a cap on it there? We want Does no. twenty minutes earn much as a bonus episode nowadays. Probably not, they're probably great. I just missed the tournament. I could have watched an episode of Family Guy instead of this. Well, I've done you a favour then. Fuck you, Family Guy's brilliant. <laughs> aye, but, um, aye, definitely. I'll say it again. Check out The Tower. It is out on DVD in stores. If there is such a thing as stores. Don't re- just repeat yourself what you said fucking five minutes ago. Change it okay. up a bit. I can't. I've not. I'm not following any notes. So buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Mm-hmm. Whenever you can. Whenever you find it for the cheapest price, buy it. And then buy another one. No. Buy a few. <laughs> I right, buy three. Tell tell the person at the checkout the podcast and fire sent you. Yeah. And see see what look you get. They'll give you a ten percent discount. <laughs> well, they won't. I know. Uh, you'll if you buy it in Sainsbury's, you'll get uh, nectar points. I right, look for the wee weedy guy standing in the doorway. His nectar came out. He wants your points. Who the fuck's that? You, you fucking nectar whore. <laughs> Just because I like nice things, all right? You off me? You like nectar and fucking freebies. Alright, so that's enough about my shopping routine. Yeah. Uh, aye, so... This is the end of our episode. Really? S- stay tuned for future What's Korean Cinemas, uh, where me, Andy and Trevor are going to tackle the, the Vengeance series, or trilogy. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. I think Trevor's watched all the movies and he's just waiting for the go-ahead. Oh, you didn't even like, fucking game with them yet. Fucking make an effort and get them. Make an effort and fucking pass them to me. <laughs> make an effort and come to my house. And then you never I gave me them. I don't see you anymore. We used to talk. I was at your house three days ago. You never oh, gave me them. We were in the garden. I don't keep my DVDs in the garden. I was in the house for a split second waiting on my taxi. Aye, and I'm just supposed to shower you in Korean cinema. You said you would. <laughs> and you failed. <laughs> Aye, the only shower you got was golden. I know. It was cold. <laughs> For some reason, you fucking pee coldest. <laughs> you piss as cold as ice. Okay. Um. Aye. All right. So. 
But that's it. That's Korean cinema. I think we've con. I you're convinced to buy this movie now, aren't you, audience? We didn't send messages saying yes, we'll find you. Is that you just putting down a pistol? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your fucking tracking device? A pistol to look at Google Maps. That's all I need a, to pi- find a pistol with Google Maps. And it's coming for you if you didn't buy this film. Aye. <laughs> Hear that entertainment one? Send us more. Review <laughs> materials. I'll get people to buy it if he is alone. <laughs> Let's hope someone actually listens to this episode. <laughs> the one where Stu and Andy argue and talk about well, threatening film. people into buying films. I'm like 20, 25 minutes long and I'm talking about the film for about 11 minutes. The rest yeah. is arguments and fucking threats. <laughs> and like corrections to the plot. And yeah. <laughs> but, um, aye. Uh, Let's call it a day, pig. Let's call it a day. You call me pig. That'll do, pig. That'll do. Fucking bald farmer. (laughs) Bald farmer? Yeah. Oh, Andy, I've not missed you at all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks. I think we feel one that way, don't you? (laughs) Why, I got invited you. Oh, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking arse. (laughs) <laughs> Don't you get all Scottish all of a sudden? Arse. You fucking funny. <laughs> Don't you get all... Arse with me. <laughs> <sighs> so, um, aye. I got really drunk on Saturday. Did you? Got really sick on Saturday. Oh, that vomit sick. Very. Oh. I, well, I think oh, possibly my worst. Margaret's seen worse, she says. Aye. So, let's see. The night started fine when I was having, like, just finishing a bottle of Jack Daniels and really half-heartedly just drowning it with Coke. Yeah. Just to keep up appearances. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, trying to match Margaret's uncles with booze. Uh-huh. Like, five Jaeger bombs. I think they ran out of, like, energy drink by, like, the third... Jaeger bomb. So it's basically straight. Aye, there was a couple of straight shots unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Um of course Margaret's brother uh, being his birthday he was necking back Coors light and he was Tell her to shut up. Ah, you would the shop. <laughs> <laughs> so uh he was out for the count pretty about maybe about nine, ten o'clock. Yeah. And I was like the guy rubbing it, rubbing him on the back of the couch as he's thrown up with the bins. Oh, don't worry, pal. It all happens to us all. An hour later, I was doing the same thing. <laughs> and it was just to the point where, like, I was taking the beer off of him and getting a few drinks, and getting it back. He's no noticed that it's half an empty bottle. Yeah. Then getting forced Copperberg. Well, never forced. I was like, I was accept Copperberg. Yeah. And. I, w- I was trying to be crafty with that as well. Taking like one Malfu and when Nibdi looked, poured half it into like a punch bowl. <laughs> then took another Malfu and gone, oh, my tent's finished. Let's see. And then, of course, there's like another round of shots and just downed it. Then realised there wasn't shots, there was a tumbler in my hand. What was in that tumbler? Famous grouse. <laughs> Let's see. So, and there was like, I managed to swallow it. 
That was mm. something. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that was like the kicker. Like, I probably oh, yeah, sat down on the, the couch. I got right back up, went bent to a bathroom, collapsed on the floor, locked the door, and just Huey, Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> just it all, it, and oh, and it's like that. It's that horrible, horrible thing where like my body's gone, but my mind is still razor sharp. It's like yeah. recording everything that's happening around me, <laughs> like all the gory details like just everything that's going on and I've got like one arm that still works that manages to open the door and let people in and then mm-hmm. close the door and then turn on the tap to splash some water on my face why are you letting people in like you fucking spirit? I had to like signal Margaret oh. <laughs> I was like Margaret <laughs> oh, it's happening they're done <laughs> <laughs> so eventually I got carried out to a taxi yeah by her uncle, so there's like, aye, look how much I could drink. <laughs> Crash burn. <laughs> <laughs> so then we're in the taxi, had to stop the taxi twice. Oh no. And it was just dry heaves. I just, like, I just, just the thought of motion was mm-hmm. kicking it off. And it got to the point where I couldn't even talk. I was just kicking Margaret's seat. <laughs> she was sitting in the front, so I was kicking my pregnant wife in the back <laughs> for attention. To tell them we stopped. Aye. And then I just like swung at the car, just <laughs> head between my legs. Just going So I had to do that twice. Then I just managed to stagger upstairs into the house. Yeah. And fell asleep with my clothes on, my shoes on, still in my coats. <laughs> <laughs> so I was this is probably lying there, flatlining in the bedroom. <laughs> oh, so, I, I'm probably not going to stop drinking, but that should be like one of these nights where it's like, yep, mixing's a bad, bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> so. There's a you can handle it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't mix your drink, kids. Are you still talking online on this fucking podcast? I don't know. I might just put this on after we've, like, after our outro's finished. Uh, I find it an amusing story. Yeah. Maybe yeah. for the three people that listen to this, will as well. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I just couldn't believe how fucking bad I got, and the fact that I remembered everything. Did you the tell her to shut up? I have to tell you to shut up. You're not there's a, the there's a kitchen somewhere like where you're not in it. Yeah. That's Andy's words. He's just tell me what to say. I'll take that. I'll take one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell her I've seen anything you want. <laughs> Andy says I've got a big dick for some reason. <laughs> Margaret Skeena looked and was like, ah, you're lying now. <laughs> anyway, big dicks aside. Let's put a cap on this big dick. Yeah. 